Good morning. Thanks for joining today for the service. We're going to jump into the message. <laughs> a little bit of a different uh, place to deliver the message. Uh, I'm in my home, in my living room. And so I want to just welcome you here. And uh, we're going to jump into the Word. We're continuing in our series of forgiveness, letting go of the hurts that we carry. We've been talking about uh, in previous weeks how to forgive, uh, forgiving yourself, getting rid of the baggage that we carry, and breaking the boomerang effect of, of a critical spirit. And so we're just so excited about what God's doing, just hearing how God's working in people's lives through the series. And so today we're going to be uh, looking at how we can rise above unexpected turbulence. <laughs> so I want to just invite you to just join me and we'll pray and, and we'll jump into the message. Lord, thank you for an opportunity just to open our hearts to your word, to uh, to hear your hear your voice speaking to us, to, to uh, have our hearts shaped and molded, Lord, by your presence, by your spirit. Thank you that you're uh, promising to be with us and and to uh, to never leave us, God. Thank you that even in in turbulent times, when things are uncertain. Uh, when we uh, when we feel afraid or alone or or uh, confused, God, that you're you're with us, wanting to work in our lives, and so Lord, we're just inviting you to engage with us as we're as we're opening our hearts to your Word. I just ask your blessing upon every person that's listening today in Jesus' name, Amen. So. Uh, I was thinking of a story last, in fact, the last time Carla and I flew, uh, we were leaving Prince George and the pilot said, you know, we might hit a few bumps today <laughs> on our flight. And, and he wasn't kidding. <laughs> it wasn't long after we got up in the air, the uh, plane started to kind of bump around a little bit and seemed to settle down. And so the flight attendants were serving coffee and, and they were just serving us actually. And, and the plane really started to to uh, hit some turbulence, some big turbulence. In fact, the flight attendants were holding on to the cart and holding on to the to the ceiling, trying to hold themselves down, trying to hold the cart down. They were calling out to everyone to hold their their coffee, you know, on the tray table, hold it down. Uh, there was coffee flying all over the place, and and uh, you could hear people calling out uh, to God. You could hear people. Uh, nervous laughing and and uh, it was a it was a lot of turbulence and so uh, um, just think of um, uh, when you fly turbulence is just part of flying you know if you if you've flown a few times you know you're gonna hit a hit a few bumps there's gonna be some days where it's maybe not too much turbulence and there's going to be some days where there's a lot of turbulence, and uh, life is like that as well. That sometimes there's there's uh, clear sailing, and there's not too many bumps in life. But sometimes uh, in life there's a lot of turbulence, and we're in a time like that right now, aren't we? That there's a lot of turbulence going on, a lot of things uh, that we're not expecting that are happening that hit us. But one of the things that happen when we hit turbulence is it clarifies what we have our hope and trust in. And uh, so I just wanted to take a few minutes today to talk about 
uh, how turbulence uh, works in our lives and then how we can rise above it. So Jesus said these words in John 16, 33. He said, I have told you these things so that you uh, so that in me you may have peace. <laughs> Isn't that a great, a great word from Jesus? He's, he's telling us these things so that we might have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, he says. But take heart, I have overcome the world. So Jesus is telling us something important about life. And that is that in this life, in this world, we're going to have trouble. And uh, he's also pointing out to us that this trouble will define the moment. It'll define what's important to us in life. You know, turbulence is going to happen, and it is happening. Um, and in times of turbulence, especially when turbulence is strong, we realize we really have no control. We're at the mercy of whatever's going to happen. And uh, in fact, it's one of the reasons why we see silly things going on, like people going out to buy toilet paper <laughs> in great in great amounts, uh, and uh, and uh, we kind of chuckle about it and laugh about it. But one of the reasons we see that is because people are looking for a way to be in control, something that they can control. And so this is one of the things that Jesus is pointing out: that turbulent times define the moment, and. Uh, they remind us what's valuable and they and it clarifies how we're going to live as a result of the turbulence that we feel so i just wanted to talk a little bit about that uh, what are some uh things that happen in a defining moment well that in a defining moment uh some things get tested in us <laughs> so one of the things that get tested is who i really am right so when I talk about this, that who I really am gets tested, what I'm saying is our character gets tested. <laughs> our hearts uh, begin to reflect our true colors. <laughs> you know, the, the things that are in our hearts that we might have covered up uh, with good behavior start to get revealed. The true character in us starts to get revealed. What we're really, what we're really uh, made of. And uh, I was thinking back to a time when I was a young guy and I was at a youth retreat with our youth group and I can remember it was a great weekend and I had actually experienced a touch from the Lord as a young guy there and, and uh, one afternoon the youth leader said, uh, um, you know, there's a, a story in the news I heard today that there's an escaped convict from the penitentiary, which was, which was quite actually quite close to where the camp was, I think about twenty miles away, and they said we need to just be on, you know, on the lookout and kind of a little bit careful, because this person is could be dangerous, could be armed, who knows, and so let's just uh, make sure we're being careful. So <laughs> that night uh, we were going to go on a hike and then have a big bonfire out in the out on the uh, near the lake. Uh, this was in the winter time, by the way, and so uh, you know we were, you know, getting dressed and and ready to go. And the youth leader again reminded us, you know, let's be careful, let's stick together because there's this guy, you know, and we don't want to run into this person and, and yada yada yada. So we're all, you know, a little bit nervous and talking to each other about, oh no, what if we saw this person or what, what would we do and everything, and and we're all trying to convince ourselves about how brave we would be. 
And so, turns out, so we get out into, away from the uh, lodge a few hundred meters, and and uh, sure enough, some guy jumps out from behind some trees, and he's got a gun, a big, looked like a big rifle, I found out later it was a musket, and he shot the musket in the dark, and a big flame came out the end from the, from whatever, the gunpowder, whatever packed in there. And uh, I tell you, man, I freaked out. I lost it. <laughs> My true colors came out, man. I was not brave at all. I was a chicken. And uh, I I turned around and ran. I, I'm sure I pushed people down. And I, I, you know, there was nothing in my way that was going to stop me from running back to the lodge. And so I was running. I even found out later I ran and stepped on a girl. <laughs> I you know, ran right over her. And... Uh, so you know what I'm saying, in in a turbulent time our true colors come out and, and it turned out one of my true colors was I was really a chicken. <laughs> so another another thing uh, that gets def uh, comes in this defining moment of turbulence is we learn what is really important to us. What's really important to us and, and what I'm talking about here is what do we value and uh, of all the stuff that we want and go after and, and we try to we try to add to our lives, you know, we want a nice house and we want a nice car and we want, you know, we want maybe a snowmobile or a motorcycle or a motorboat or we want, you know, we want, you know, this and that and the other thing. We're, you know, we're just going after some things that we think are valuable. Maybe they're just things other people are going after and we just haven't really thought about it so much. But when we get into a turbulent time, uh, all of those things seem to come into focus, what is really valuable to me. And uh, I think when it comes down to it, we re actually recognize the most invaluable, uh, most valuable thing to us is our relationship with the Lord. Another thing that gets tested is where I'm really headed in life. And what I'm talking about here is what's, what's my purpose? What's my purpose in, in this life? And sometimes we get distracted uh, by things that we think are good, or they look important, uh, or feel important because other people are doing the, them, or whatever. They think they're what we want. Uh, but I think in turbulent times, these things actually come into focus. Is what am I really living for? What am I really investing my time in? What am I really investing my energy in? And I think we, one of the things that come into focus is the most important things to us is really our relationships. It's our, our friendships, our family, um, our church life, uh, that those things really are valuable to us. And I think we see them, especially right now, and we're being told to be isolated and apart from one another, that we realize how much we really do love one another. I was... I was uh, noticing at our church-wide prayer last Monday night um, that uh, after the prayer time was over and and just the video was on and people were talking that people just wanted to stay and just look at each other even and and uh, visit a little bit just see each other because what you know one of the things in turbulent times that we recognize it's important is uh, our relationships and it's the people that are in our lives I want to just ask you, you know, what is it that we're going to remember about this turbulent time, this COVID-19 turbulence? What is it, you know, in five years that we're going to look back and remember? Is it going to be that, you know, how many rolls of toilet paper we stockpiled? 
I don't think so. I think it's going to be about the defining moment of, of how much I love the people in my life or how much the people in my life mean to me and uh, what, how I responded to the turbulence. Um, I would like us just to take a moment too today to remember who we are uh, during turbulence. To remember who we are and I want to just challenge you or encourage you that who we are uh, really has a lot to do with who God promised us to be, right? God promised you some things as his child, as his son, as his daughter. You know, he's made some promises to you and it defines who you are. And so I'd like to just encourage you this morning that he's made a couple promises to every believer. And one of those promises is that he promised us a future. You know, you have a promised future as God's son and God's daughter. And uh, your future isn't just turbulence. Your future uh, uh, as a person of faith, uh, a person that has faith in Jesus, is you have a reward of heaven in your future. Isn't that a great promise? That you have a reward of heaven. And, uh, you know, the thought of having a reward of heaven doesn't just change some things for us, it changes everything. That our hope is not just what we got in this life, it's not just what we have in this world, uh, that we don't just trust in what we have physically around us, but we have a hope that's in heaven. And I want to encourage you that your hope isn't just in the things that are around you, but your hope is in eternity, it's in heaven. And you know what? Nothing can take that away from you as God's child. Uh, we're not limited uh, only by this life, but we have our hope in heaven. You know, uh, Hebrews 6 verse 19, the writer of Hebrews says, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. There's nothing that's going to get rid of that. I just get that picture of a ship in a storm and it's got its anchor down and an anchor is holding. <laughs> you know, in a storm, in the turbulence, there's an anchor for your soul and that is that you have a hope. A hope of heaven and there's nothing that's going to move that there's nothing that's going to change that and you have a promise as God's child of heaven so just hold on to that promise it it uh, identifies who you are the other thing uh, that God promises us as his child is he promises us a promise of of abundance and you and I have an inheritance as God's children that we can access in this life or we can waste it or we can just leave it. We, we can take advantage of it or we can just, we can just bypass it. And I just think uh, uh, of this promise uh, as a promise that we have a choice in. And we have a choice to receive the abundance that God promised us. Or we have, a prom uh, we have the choice of just squandering it or leaving it, walking past it, or not taking advantage of it. And, uh, and I just think of how many people have lived their lives with unrealized potential. You know, that they've gone through their lives and and they've missed out on the abundance that God wanted for them. And I want to encourage you today that God wants to bless you. He wants to use you. And so let's not settle for less. So in turbulent times, I think it can remind us that, hey, what are we living for? Uh, and I think one of the things that we need to keep in focus is that we are living 
uh, for the promise of abundance. You know, Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come so that they might have life and life more abundantly. Why did Jesus come? He wanted you to share in the inheritance that he has for you. So how do we begin to live in this abundance, in a turbulent time? Well, I just want to remind you of a scripture in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's familiar. It's trust in the Lord with all your heart. <laughs> you know, the writer of Proverbs, he's pointing us back. You know what? We're going to find hope in Jesus. Our anchor <laughs> needs to be in Jesus, right? Uh, so he's pointing us back. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct our paths. You know why? Because once we have our hope in Jesus, we got our anchor secure, then we can start to move into this uh, promise of having a directed life, a life that's directed by Jesus and walk into the inheritance that he has for us. You know, sometimes uh, uh, when we are uh, in our lives, we there's things that can hold us back from walking into that abundance. We we get our eyes on Jesus, but we're we're not trusting Him, and uh, we're we got our focus on other things. And some of those other things are are focused around around uh, unforgiveness and and some of the hurts that we've had in our lives. And so we convince ourselves that we need to stop. Uh, uh, just looking at what the Lord has for us and we need to kind of focus a little bit about living by what we think is fair, right? What, you know, someone treated us a certain way and that wasn't fair and uh, they need to pay back for that uh, thing that they did and we want that person to hurt. And so we start to reason that we need to hold on to to those feelings of, of I need to live for what's fair. There, There's something that's that's due to me that they got to give me when the reality is, is no, they don't. You know, Jesus wants to bless you. <laughs> Your hurt doesn't, is not going to bless you. Your offense is not going to bless you. Jesus is going to give you the inheritance that you deserve. Sometimes we can feel like we have the right uh, to live with hurt. You know, some people live with deep wounds. There's, there's painful things that have happened in some of your lives. Some of you have gone through abuse. Some of you have faced uh, racial prejudice. Some of you have been abandoned. Uh, some of you experienced broken relationships. Maybe as a child, you know, one of your parents uh, walked out of the home and just left, and you felt that abandoned. You felt that brokenness. You felt <clears throat> that you weren't loved and valued, and and your heart was broken. And you're and you're still feeling the effects of that, right? Uh, sometimes we can face uh, thefts. Uh, I remember a, few, a number of years ago, our house was broken into, and I remember that feeling, that violated feeling, that someone just came in and stole things right out of our home. Uh, uh, vandalism and things like that can have a real effect on us, and we can we can internalize those feelings, and we can just think, I need to live with that hurt. Right, and that becomes the path that we walk down. We can, we can uh, be holding on to a grudge, and sometimes we think, "Well, holding on to a grudge feels good," uh, because we're we're uh, we're hanging on to a, to a hurt because one day that person's gonna get get what's coming to them. Right? <clears throat> we can uh, um, though have a different perspective, 
and that is that we can start living for the glory of God. We can start living in a way that we want God to be glorified, not our hurt, uh, not the payback to the other person. And I, that's what I want to encourage you today, that if you're living with a hurt, if you're living with an offense and you have some of these feelings, that there is a promise of inheritance for you, right? The promise isn't for payback for you. The promise is for an inheritance. And if we let that go, that God would be glorified in our lives. And I want to just also encourage you, you know, some of us have walked with deeper. Maybe you've, you've got a, a very deep wound in your heart. That the deeper the wound, the deeper the hurt, the greater the opportunity for blessing in your life, if you would just let it go, if you'd find a way to find healing in Jesus and allow God to be glorified in this time. So I'm just encouraging you to turn your heart toward the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust Him. And He will direct your path. He wants to give you an inheritance of blessing. It's a promise that He wants to make to you. Um, there's a couple of ways that turbulence... Uh, works in our lives and a turbulence what I'm talking about is is uh, unforgiveness can create turbulence and there's a couple of ways uh, that it works in our lives and one of the ways when we don't forgive is we give the devil an entry point into our lives and he's always looking I'm just telling you right now he's always looking for a way to get involved in your life and to turn your uh, your path of walking towards blessing uh, into a different path, right? And to steal that away from you. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2, 10, he, 10 and 11, he said, I've forgiven in the sight of Christ. I've forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake in order that Satan might not outwit us. <laughs> Amazing scripture when you look at that. He's forgiven to close the door to Satan outwitting him and outwitting uh, the Corinthians. You see, forgiveness keeps us from being outwitted by the devil. That's one of the things that happens uh, when we're feeling the turbulence of unforgiveness. Uh, if we shut the door to the devil by forgiving, uh, it stops him from outwitting us. I, I remember a couple of years back uh, in the summertime, one summer, the uh, when it, was, it was quite warm out and and uh, sometimes I'd open the front door in our house just to get a little bit of air moving through the through the house in the evening. And and it started out that there was a little dog in the neighborhood, uh, and uh, he would see the front door, and he would just come running right in as soon as he'd see the door open. He was in the house, and and uh, he was into to our dog's food, and <laughs> he was just helping himself to whatever he wanted. It was like he just kind of moved right in and. And he just jumped right up on the couch and, and got uh, got comfortable on there, just like he was. This was his place, right? And I uh, just kind of chuckle about that little. Uh, he was a chubby little dog. Uh, you know, the the door is open, and he moved right in. And that's how the devil is. You know, if we open the door with unforgiveness. We're in that turbulent time, and all of a sudden, there's the there's the devil. He's outwitting us. He's just moving in, and he's just like making himself at home. Another thing that happens in that turbulent time of unforgiveness is that when we don't forgive, we're actually disobeying God. You know, the Bible says that we're to forgive as Christ 
Jesus forgave us. And, uh, and uh, so when we don't forgive, we're not just holding on to unforgiveness. We're actually disobeying God. We're, we're not obeying what God wants us to do, how he wants us to live. And I just think uh, to some of the sweetest people that I've known, some of the most precious people that have been made bitter by unforgiveness. Man, I just think how unforgiveness opens the door to things in our lives that, that just changes our hearts. I can think of some of the humblest people uh, that I've known that have become hard and prideful because of unforgiveness. And man, you think of of people that have been impacted by unforgiveness, uh, it just it it almost pains your heart to see them go through that. Some of the most loving and generous people I know have become selfish and and they've just acted in ways that you just never ever thought they would act. All because they're holding on to unforgiveness. There's a story in the Bible of of uh, a man named Saul. And as a young guy, he was a very humble guy. In fact, the Bible describes uh, the prophet looking for uh, um, the young guy that was going to become king. And God had showed him uh, that there was a young guy in a certain area. And there was, you know, guys lining up. It must be me. But Saul wasn't lining up. He wasn't even thinking of such a thing. He was just a humble guy. He didn't even consider that he would ever be or do that. And uh, and he was just that way. That was his heart. But, you know, God had put his hand on Saul and the prophet found him. And uh, Saul was a guy that was just known to be respectful. He was respect his parents. He respected uh, the leaders. He respected Samuel as a prophet. He respected God. Uh, he was a humble guy. And uh, no one would have ever dreamt when he was anointed to be king that one day unforgiveness and, and bitterness would get into his heart and he would eventually end up uh, killing innocent people and, and uh, his, his heart would be totally changed, uh, that he would become uh, someone who would be ruled by fits of rage and, and anger. And it just wasn't, it just wasn't even, even uh, in people's minds when they thought of him. And I'm sure even when he thought of himself, it was how unforgiveness worked in his life. One of the reasons uh, it got a strong hold in his life was that he disobeyed God. And uh, that's what I'm talking about, that forgiveness is obedience to God. Just unforgiveness is disobedience. And and uh, one of the things Saul did is he he obeyed God in, in almost every area. In fact, I would say he disobeyed God in 99% of, of everything he did. In fact, he went out of his way to obey God. But there was a couple of small things the scripture points out where Saul reasoned he didn't have to obey God in these couple small ways. In fact, he convinced himself that even God would be happy with him not obeying in these these couple of areas, and he talked himself into believing that God would be uh, overlook it, that he'd be okay with it, his disobedience, and uh, he justified it. And uh, when it comes to forgiving others and merciful to others, 
I think we can also justify our feelings. We can justify, you know, that person really hurt us. If, if, if Pastor Greg, you knew what they did, then you would understand and you would, you, you know, God would understand. He would make room for me. God is asking us to forgive in every, in every area. In fact, the prophet uh, Samuel told Saul, you know, you've forgiven or you've uh, obeyed God in every area, 99%. He didn't actually say 99%, but he, he said, you, you haven't followed God in these couple of small ways. And the way God looks at that is rebellion. In fact, he used these words, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Wow, those are strong words, aren't they? That the fact that you've disobeyed in a small way, so that's a rebellious heart against God. You're you're sinning against what God wants you to do. And uh, he was saying that partial obedience, only going part of the way, Saul, that's not obedience, that's disobedience. That's having a rebellious heart. You're making an excuse uh, for disobeying God. And God is not pleased with that. And then he warned him, that's like witchcraft. And I think we can get in our minds of witches and hats and toads and warts and all kinds of things. Uh, but one of the, I think one of the ways we can, we can understand what he's talking about is witchcraft is giving access to the devil. It's opening the door to the devil to influence or control us in some way, to bring turbulence into our lives. In some some of the things that happen when we open the door to the spirit realm, to our lives, is that we're opening the door for things in our lives, in our circumstances, in situations, in the people in our lives. And it's not intentional, but we're opening the door and, and uh, uh, spiritual influence can be happening in our lives. And I'm just wondering... You know, if you're experiencing turbulence in your life, could it be that it's coming from this thought that we're not obeying, we're not following God completely? And I want to just encourage you, let's not make excuses. Let's not justify uh, 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 unforgiveness. But let's go 100% all out so that we're not allowing the devil to outwit us. And, uh, you know, some of the things that we might feel if we're uh, being, uh, opening our heart and the devil's kind of got a foothold in our lives is, is uh, we can become irritable and uh, we just, you know, get, we just kind of get angry and we're on edge, you know, that irritable feeling. Uh, we can be negative, you know, we just don't see anything positive anywhere. Uh, when we read our Bible, it just doesn't make any sense. We're just not hearing the voice of God, and we're living in unbelief. And uh, I just want to encourage you, you know, Leanne was uh, talking in a service about a month back, I think it was, and she was encouraging us, you know, that that uh, doubt, uh, uh, we can f uh, um, almost feel bad that we're, we have doubt in our lives, but doubt really is reflecting our own weaknesses. It's us saying, you know, I'm weak in an area and, and I need you, God, to help me to trust you, right? So so doubt isn't always negative. It's just to showing us how much we need the Lord, right? And uh, where unbelief 
comes into our life. Unbelief is is reflecting not on our weakness, but it, it's saying, you know, God is weak. God is untrustworthy. God is not able. And we get this idea of unbelief, and that's because the devil's trying to lead us down that path. And, uh, the, you know, the devil, he would love to have, a, have some room in your life. So let's not let him outwit us. Let's be 100% people that are following God, not making room for him in any way. You know, the devil loves self-pity. He loves, he loves anger. He loves unforgiveness. And uh, so I'm just saying, let's, let's not let him take advantage of us in any way. <clears throat> I want to talk to you just as we're ending the service today for a few minutes about King David. And uh, King David, the Bible tells us in, in uh, 2 Samuel, the story that he hit a period of, in his life of great turbulence uh, with his son Absalom. In fact, the, the Bible tells the story of how Absalom uh, tried, to, tried to usurp King David. He tried to steal the throne away. He wanted to become the king. And, and it tells the story of how he tried to turn people's hearts away from, from David. And, and he tried to win their, their love and their support. And he worked away at that. He he organized people to to uh, follow him and turn away from David. All kinds of different things. And and there was a great turmoil in David's family. There was there was uh, deception. There was lying, and it ended up in uh, uh, two different sides: <laughs> King David and Absalom. And there was a battle, and uh, and Absalom actually ended up dying in that time can you imagine in your family your own child turning on you in the worst way and uh you know this was a time of great offense for david it was a time of a hurt it was a time of great pain for him and uh did he want to see his own son die no david loved his son you know and uh, it was a time of great turmoil and and it was a time where David could have really easily justified feelings of anger towards his son, of, of offense towards his son. He could have just said, you know what, that was wrong, and that, and that guy needs to pay for what he did, and all that, that kind of thing. And we can easily get into those feelings. And it was during that time uh, <clears throat> that we believe that David wrote Psalm 40. And Psalm 40 uh, talks about what David did when he hit this great turbulence in his life. Um, the, the, the first verses of Psalm 40 say, I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned to me and he heard my cry and he lifted me out of the horrible pit, out of the mud and mire. You know, that horrible pit that he says he got lifted out of, those words actually mean... Uh, the tumultuous time or the turbulent time. I was going through a time in my life of great turbulence and God lifted me above it. He lifted me out of it. Uh, he was caught into that battle in his life of extending forgiveness and how he could even do it. And he was in temptation to rationalize, you know, I should be able to just stay in this uh, but if he would have, he would have just chosen to stay in the pit, right? And uh, 
that feeling that he had the right to be angry, that right to be vengeful, the right to fight fire with fire, you know. He could have just partially obeyed God. He could have 99% said, I'm going to, 99%, but in this one thing, you know, I got to hold on to this, this feeling of vengefulness or whatever. And that would have held David back from living the abundant life that God promised him. But what did he do? Well, the Bible says uh, in Psalm 40 that he was able to get out of the turbulence. How? By 100% obeying God. It says in Psalm verse 40, or chapter 40, or Psalm 40, verse 8, I desire to do your will, O my God. <laughs> I desire to do your will. That's what, that's what David says. I desire. That's my greatest desire, to do your will. And 100% he followed God. You know, King David lived uh, this time 100% after God. It felt like things were over in his life. And it could have been over. It felt like there was a pain deeper than any pain that he could ever bear. Uh, you know, he traded his anger. He traded his hatred. He traded his disappointment. He traded his desire for justice. Uh, and instead, he obeyed God 100%. And it delivered him from the pit. It raised him up above the turbulent time that he was in. You know, you might be living today with hurt in your life. Maybe you've convinced yourself that you're punishing someone else by holding on to that feeling of vengefulness. But those chains that you're hoping would bind up the other person have actually bound up you. And they've stopped you from walking into the life of blessing that God has for you as his child. And I want to encourage you today, those chains, haven't they just become too heavy to carry? And today could be the day that you would just lay them down. Isn't it time for you to do things God's way and to live for him 100%? To walk into your inheritance as his child, a life of abundance, even in a turbulent time that Jesus wants to give you. <clears throat> Let's not let the devil outwit us any longer. I'm going to invite you just to take some time to pray with me this morning. Maybe you're listening this morning. You've never given your life to Jesus. Well, today, this is your day to know forgiveness, to know freedom, to have your anchor uh, in the hope of heaven and in an abundant life as God's child. And so I'm just going to invite you to pray with me and just open your heart to, to the presence of the Lord. Open your heart to Jesus and uh, you can just pray these words with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for having hope for me, a hope of heaven. Uh, and Lord, thank you that there's also an inheritance for me as your child, a life of blessing. And Lord, today I want to choose that. I want to choose you. I want to choose to give my life to you. And so Lord, I'm just opening my heart to you. I'm inviting you to come into my life, trading my hurt, trading my disappointments to living 100% for you. So I just come into my life, Lord. And I ask you to forgive me. Forgive me for, for uh, justifying the anger and the hurts that I've got in my life, Lord. And I just ask you to remove those, break the chains in my life. Thank you, Lord. I just invite you to come and wash me, Lord. Just free me, Lord. Free my heart. 
in Jesus' name. And Lord, I just want to make the commitment that I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. And secondly, I'd like to just give you an opportunity to pray a prayer of forgiveness for the person who's hurt you. Let's release them. Let's, let's go 100% for God. Let's release forgiving forgiveness. Let's not hold on. Let's not let that 1% uh, uh, of the anger, you know, that we might feel towards somebody be the, the, the crack in the door that we've uh, allowed the devil to outwit us. So let's just pray a prayer of forgiveness. I just encourage you to think of that situation or person. And we're just going to release forgiveness to come. We're just going to, we're going to make the decision to follow God 100% today. Lord, thank you for this message today, uh, Lord, to, to shut the door to the devil. And Lord, I'm just going to choose right now to follow you 100%, going for you, God. And I just ask, Lord, right now, you would forgive me for holding on to unforgiveness. And right now, help me to release forgiveness to that person. I just pray blessing over that person, in fact. I, I pray, Lord, where they've hurt me, that you would erase that hurt and put love in my heart for them. Lord, I release them. I forgive them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Do a miracle in my heart, Lord. Do a miracle. In, change my heart, God. I want to forgive. I want to release forgiveness. I want to walk in freedom. I want to walk in blessing. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining with us today. Uh, I want to encourage you, you know, if the Lord is working in your heart, there's a prayer team that's available. They'd love to pray with you. You can get into a, a personal uh, chat by just pressing the button there at the bottom uh, for pr requesting prayer. And there's someone that's uh, on the team that would just love to pray with you if you're going through a difficult time. <clears throat> Also want to remind you about tomorrow night we're having churchwide prayer. You're going to get an email uh, if you've been uh, if you're in our system. If you're not in our system, click the connect button and uh, give us your information. We'll make sure you get an invitation uh, to the churchwide prayer that's going on tomorrow night at seven, Monday night at seven. And then we are connect groups are meeting this week over Zoom. And if you're part of a connect group, make sure you're watching for the invitation from your leader or ask your leader about what's going on. And uh, our groups are meeting over video. Uh, if you want to uh, uh, contact the office, our office is closed, but um, Jalissa's answering the phones, and we're doing our best to serve and help you wherever we can. Maybe you have questions about certain things. We'd love to talk with you, love to help you in whatever way we can. God bless you. Have a great week.